Welcome to the Market Meter Podcast. My name is Raikadam, one of the co-creators of the podcast. Today's topic is sacrifices that one needs to take to get on board investments. I have joined the Abra Kwakiaga and Anthony Sura. As I begin, the topic will revolve around what really takes to become a successful investor and to maneuver the cycles in the market. We'll break it down to you in terms of time, savings, support, research documents, and the strategy that one can start to pick up early in that. So I'd love to begin with Anthony Sure. Anthony? First of all, I think uh, you have to first of all define what your motivation is going into investment uh, because investment in itself is not an end. You have to have um, a goal. What, what are you looking for? What is your main reason for getting into investment? Because once you have your reason, everything else falls in, in place in the sense that you have that intrinsic motivation to keep going. Uh, because if your only reason for maybe investing in a company is because everyone around you is investing, those people's expectations or goals have been met and then they pull out of the investment and then you're caught wondering, okay, do I stay here? Do I remove my money and wait for the next big thing to come along? So you have to define why you're investing. You have to take the example of maybe just a person who um, started working recently and they have some money lying around. Then, you know, you come to realize that, hey, if I leave it in the bank, inflation is going to be eating away at my money. Um, last last month's inflation came in at around 6.7%. And maybe you have your money in a bank account. So even if you're earning that 3 or 4%, inflation is eating away 2 to 3% of your money. So the first sacrifice you make is investing in gaining knowledge as, as an investor because you can't invest in something you don't know. I'll, I'll give my commentary on this going forward, but Abraham, I'd like to know... Um, how, what, what's your go-to when you want to get knowledge on, on investment? Yeah, so I'll just pick up from where you stopped. And um, interestingly, I'm just going to give a cliche response. Um, I Googled it. <laughs> that was the first thing I ever did. Um, I was trying to figure out um, what investment is about. Because I remember even uh, like in the previous episode when we were discussing about what we began from, one of the curious things I was just trying to go about or rather trying to satisfy was uh, uh, how do people manage to just make this money almost out of like thin air, you know, you just put money into a certain stock and cash is just coming out of, of nowhere. So I Googled first of all. And then from there, um, of course, you get more familiarity with uh, some of the notable investors. Again, let me just use a cliche person for the purposes of this podcast. Guys like 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 Buffett and the likes uh, Warren Buffett, who, who you you hear their their stories. They invested in, in a certain company when it was at inception and and how it probably grew to a multinational and they've managed to gain from such investment. So that was the starting point. Like that, that that's me being extremely green about it. But with time now, I I got into into books. I remember. Um, trying to to understand the same. Um, I I didn't get into academic books actually. Yeah, uh, there's a certain book I've forgotten the title. A very good book uh, that really tries to break down the the issues related to uh, investment, especially on uh, the stock market, bonds, what, how to save up, what, uh, starting a business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I I went uh, into books, 
then thereafter as i grew further i think it came down to now much more analytical points of view and uh with that now i i started uh even getting into things like uh you know following the financial times uh reading bloomberg um watching uh reports financial reports uh reading financial reports to try and just have a feeling of of what's going on in the market what's going on in the economy you know because you need uh, verifiable facts in order to advance so uh, in a sense there's been that sort of progress and i think i'm still in that uh, process because i don't even consider myself uh, a successful investor uh, but nonetheless um when i look back there's that thing, there's been that step by step uh, process uh, from one uh, point of growth to the next so yeah i agree with you abram because when you're starting off actually the first thing to do is just you have to google it. yeah because let's try to try to get curious on how do these people make all this money? How do people become billionaires? The likes of it. Most of them have one thing in common. Either they started a well business or they invested in the stock market. So I'd also add on to that, that in terms of time, what really needs to sacrifice the time? I remember when I was trying to read on the stock market, I had downloaded some videos online from Torrance. Then as I was watching the got boring for me at first. <laughs> then I switched and started watching Game of Thrones. So, then I <laughs> so if you look, go further beyond our country, you find that companies even make more than 100% in terms of their share price changes. So you find that people are making more than 100% of their money in a single year. Well, you are here making around 7% or 5 So again, that brings the aspect of savings. Because now where, where do you save your money? Should you put it in a into bonds, should you put it into like venture capitalists, or should you put it into a normal, like how can I put it? In Kenya, we yeah. call it a retirement account. Pension. Yeah, or a pension fund. But you then figure out that if you put it in a pension fund, you find that you're, you're paying for some diversified portfolio that it's not gaining as much interest will have done it alone because they start to split you in terms of uh, gauging you. Are you a high risk? you are a low risk type of investor? Are you medium? So if we go to, uh, if you look at the pension fund, they, they have tight regulations in terms of most of it should be invested in the local market. So you find that they can only buy a few foreign equities or currencies, but you will find them heavily weighted towards the board market and the market locally. Where your opportunities are, are uh, how can I put it, are enclosed in a box. Whereby, if you diversify your portfolio, in that you have a wider scope of where you can invest your money, you're no longer in a box. Where you can invest in tech, big tech stocks like Apple, you can invest in other industries that you deem your knowledge towards it. And also, in terms of deep analytics, this industry does not need a lot of analytical skills. Um, to borrow a phrase that I had somewhere, a man with a hammer, to him everything looks like a nail. He <laughs> just wants to hit everything. So you find some people have done all this, uh, <laughs> this crazy, crazy analytical courses and a lot of coding. So to them, since they have those skills, that is a hammer. And when, you, when they come to the market, they want to use it. So everything to them just looks like a nail. They just want to go deep with those analytics. 
but we've only just to understand the business, understand how, how much its revenues are going to grow, how much the debt is, because the company cannot go broke. That's not it. It's very hard. Mm. And also sacrificing in terms of research and buying the books that are necessary for you to, to read. Like a, if I could give a cliche of a book, the intelligent investor. It is widely known like a Bible to most investors. But if we're going to industry further, you can find people like Templeton, Ray Palio, and many more others who are worth also finding workable strategies. That is if you have identified key people who are making money in the industry. You can try to like understand what strategies they use, what's the investment philosophy. You can find others are global macro. Like most most of me, Tony, me and Tony do a global macro value contrary at the same time. These are types of investment strategies whereby global macro you can find it in that now you have what's going on to the economy and also what's what how is it affecting the company in terms of its intrinsic value. Also sacrifice sacrificing in terms of just my time to study a lot. So if you are planning on getting on board, there are so much sacrifices you need to make in order to achieve your dreams and your goals and your targets for your investment culture. Uh, what's your take on that? Um, so first of all, let's just take stock of what we have said because we've talked about a lot of things. First of all, the, we, have, we have talked about investing in knowledge. Uh, you start off, as Abraham had said, Googling it because that's the first step you make. Uh, there's something called opportunity cost. You can get to spend your your paycheck in a day, but your money, your, your resources are limited, but your wants are not. Um, squeeze yourself as much as you can and invest as much as you can because this it's not friends or whatever, uh, your, you and your race. Uh, and as Rikard has said, you in terms of sacrificing your time also, uh, there are a lot of things people do that are not, that might be, might be fun, but they're not... Um, how can I say? They're not vital. Uh, they wants, not needs. Investment, I consider it to be a need for any sane person. And at some point, I'm not saying you base your life around learning about investment and doing all that. That might not be your thing. You might like going out with your friends and drinking. Everyone does that. But as long as there's a level of moderation and you allocate enough time to yourself to sit down and try to to make sense of your finances and try to understand how best to invest your money. Uh, because as, a, as I mentioned in the first podcast, those people are celebrating now that, that um, like today equity was trading at around 53 shillings. Those people are celebrating now that, that bought during the IPO. They had to make yeah. a sacrifice at that point. Yeah, it didn't mean that they didn't have, that money could not have been used for something else. It's just that they made an active choice like, I could have used all this money in other places, but I choose to put it in this company that might have a future in this country. And that's, that's literally a, the true um, a reflection of what happens when you make the appropriate sacrifices and your discipline in terms of your investment and, and, uh, and your dedication to your growth to, in your personal finances. I, I think now, um, Abram, I don't know if you have anything to add on there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just just as you're speaking, um, I'm actually going to just sound like a typical 
a millennial critic. But I'm sure you guys have heard of uh, this whole aspect of uh, delayed gratification. And um, our generation generally has been accused of really wanting quick money. You know, it's probably why guys truly believe in investing in crypto, for example. You know, with that volatility, they think they'll just get quick cash, for example. Although that's a discussion for another day, but based on that alone, we can really pick out these elements of uh, having to learn the skill of delayed uh, gratification. Um, and that means uh, sacrificing a lot. I mean, it's just summing up what you guys have talked about, sacrificing money uh, that probably you would have used to... Again, Netflix subscription is a touchy topic. I, I don't think I'm going to, uh, to, to sacrifice my Netflix subscription, <laughs> but if need be... <laughs> Yeah. Um, if it did be, I'll have to do it, and and probably buy you know those those shares. Uh, hopefully, let's uh, let's say Family Bank decides to to IPO. Yeah, Family Bank is not on the NSE yet, is it? Uh, no, it's no. not. Yeah, yeah. So let's say they decide to IPO, and and you're confident about it, and you know, just say I'm not watching Netflix for the next twelve months. <laughs> Whether just buy shares slowly, in the hope that eventually this is gonna be you know, uh, profitable in the long run. So yeah, uh, just that whole element of delayed gratification, uh, it's important to develop that skill, especially, I'm, I'm just targeting our generation, uh, the millennials and, and the Gen Z uh, guys, uh, that uh, we need to be able to realize that this wealth doesn't come overnight, it doesn't come in a month, it takes a lot of time. And the reason why I started with Warren Buffett is I think is like, the best example, or rather the most popular example of someone who, you know, uh, invested in something of value over the, for a very prolonged period of time. And, and we can all pick something from his uh, personal journey. I agree. There's a point on, on delayed gratification. I think it sums up everything. Uh, so, we have, we've talked a lot, the sacrifices that are necessary uh, for you to put yourself in the best possible position to uh, benefit from your investments in future because that's mainly what it's about. It's about the future. It's not about now. Uh, on a long enough time frame, uh, you, it's your own race. You might, you might have had um, people around you and you're, doing, you're making certain decisions, but in the long term, you, you want to put yourself in the best possible position. Um, so as far as the investment is concerned, um, we'll, be, we'll be having... So whatever asset classes you're interested in, and we'll also be actually publishing our blog. We'll we'll have a market commentary this week. You should check on our on our social media. We'll share links to our weekly market commentary. Uh, but on our blog, we'll also be updating on on um, different ways you can actually get started investing in all this with links and step by step guides, so that you can give you um, the best possible information you need. So uh, Rekha talked about investment philosophy. Dividends are a share of profits that companies distribute to shareholders. In the U.S., it's quarterly, but here you might find semi-annually or annually. So a percentage of the profits they make, they distribute them to their shareholders. The distributions are called dividends. So those, those are what dividends are. Growth investing is investing in companies that are not necessarily, they're not necessarily paying dividends. A growth company is a company like... Um, in Kenya, we're speaking in, in the sense of the NSC. Something like equity. Equity is set up now in, in, um, in DRC. They have a branch in Ethiopia. They've been reinvesting a lot of their income growing regionally. But uh, for the past two years, I think since 2019 or 2020, they have not paid dividends. 
But as I said earlier during the podcast, equity has been eating all-time highs within the past few weeks. People have been buying the stock. That's what we call a growth stock. A growth stock, most of the money they're making, they're investing. So that's, that's growth investing. Investing in companies that are maybe market leaders or companies that um, have unique technologies or they're really growth-oriented that not, don't necessarily share profits, but the stock price is struggling a lot. People are, are very confident about that company. Value investing is looking for companies that are undervalued and you buy them. Or in other markets where there's short selling, you look, you find a company that you think is overvalued and you decide to short sell it. But that's short selling is not very common in the local markets. So you can look and say, hey, this is not its true value. I think it should be trading way higher than it is now. And how you arrive at this, there are different valuation methods, but the most widely used is the PE ratio, price to earnings ratio. So you compare the price of a stock, you divide by the earnings per share of the stock. The lower the PE ratio, the more undervalued a company is. The higher the PE ratio, the more overvalued the company is. So that's a basic uh, value investing strategy. So that's value investing. Um, and thirdly, uh, income investing or dividend investing. This is investing in companies that are known to historically pay dividends on a periodic basis. Like if you look at uh, Williamson's Tea or uh, Capturia Tea or even Safaricom consistently since the IPO in 2008, they've never missed a single year to pay a dividend. Even during COVID, they paid, um, I think the full year dividend was around one, one, one shilling and 54 cents or 34 cents. I don't remember exactly, but income investing is, you're not necessarily investing because the stock price is going to rise. You're investing because that company has a history of sharing their profits on a yearly basis, paying dividends on a yearly basis. So those are the main investment uh, philosophies. You can read up on them. So as I've said, uh, growth investing, value investing, and dividend or income investing. There are other philosophies, but they, they require more in-depth understanding, such as uh, global macro, as, um, as Riker has said, or even quant, quantitative um, investing. It's actually a, a school of thought, but I won't adv- advise it for uh, a retail investor. Because you're, you're competing with guys with supercomputers and you're there with your PC. That's a whole other thing. I don't know if Rekord has any additional ones. Yeah, I could touch a bit on the global macro and also a bit on the value investing, as you've said it, and try to outlet the shorts, quants, and cigarette butts. So um, for, for global macro, actually what it entails is a combination of both top-down and bottom-up, whereby top-down comes from a, a point of understanding what happens from the global economy. So you look at it from a world view, then you go to the industry view, then you go to stock selection, then having a having discipline type of criteria, whereby in the world view, you try to understand what the global interest rates are doing for the major economies, the inflation impacts on on equities, on commodities, and all that. Then you see how it affects it on the industry. Then you find the stocks which will be affected. So you try to list the positive ones and the negative ones that can be affected. Also, in the bottom-up, you try to find companies that are undervalued, as soon as mentioned. So bottom-up is more or less like So you try to find companies that are undervalued, given the historical 
valuations, like you gave an example of the price to earnings ratio, but there are other multiples that can be used, like cash flow, price to sales, price to book value, and having a long term view, primarily five to 10 years, because stock price does not determine what the company is. So what, whatever you see at the business news, like in television, that does not de- determine the value of the company. Um, in terms of also shorting, shorting what it means is that you make money from a company falling. The value. So uh, you can try it by doing this. If you think, let me give us an example of Safaricom. If Safaricom has gone up in share price like for the past like six months, and you have your shares there, and then you reach a point you feel like this this company is too extended. If you look at it, you feel that it's way beyond its historical levels. You feel like you should reach a point where this share price will have to go down. You don't want to lose in terms of the volatility of it going down. So what you can do, you can get the derivatives. And you put a short order. In that now you are counter trading what you had put. That's called hedging. It's a type of a strategy called hedging, where you are long and short at the same time. So if you're indeed correct that it goes down in value, you'll make money from your shorts, but you'll still have your underlying securities. So when the market picks up again from its correction, you still have your original value plus top up of what you have gotten from here short so I think we'll talk about it in depth in the podcast in terms of each and every individual strategy and to touch a bit on yeah. the quantum my first job I worked at it's called the quantum financials consultancy and cooperation it's based in current so I was there at a quant fund I was a financial analyst so I can pretty much say that you can't be able to beat the quants in terms of short-term opportunities. So you need to broaden your scape to three to six months that if you want to be a swing trader or just basically going to value investing. So I think we'll talk more deeply about pipes in terms of the strategies so that you as our listeners can be able to understand each of these strategies. Feel free to follow us on our Twitter page on YouTube at the Market Meter Podcast. And uh, just also feel free to interact with us. Any questions that you may have or any comments. Thanks for listening.